What, they think we got three Rod Brandemores or what? I think I started lifting real lightweights when I was like 12. Now listening to the Rod the Podcast with your hosts Jordan Betts and Mike Men. Welcome back. It has been a while since we recorded. Uh, I've wanted to record for a little while now, but really wanted to get a larger sample size before we started to talk about this season. We are. 20 games in at this point right now the hurricanes sit at second in the metropolitan division and they sit at sixth place in the eastern conference 12 8 no it's been an interesting season there's been lots of ups and downs seven and two at home five and six on the road just an interesting season all around and i think a lot of that starts at the goaltending position We'll talk about the the bad news with Anderson having a blood clot. Obviously, we're thinking of him and his family. That's that's never anything you want to see anybody go through. Uh, that's something that, you know, historically speaking, that might not be something that you can come back from. Uh, from what I understand and what I've seen with blood clots, they're super dangerous. So I'll be curious to see how treatment goes with that. All we can hope for is that he continues to be healthy and safe. Um, don't want anything bad to happen to him. But that's really, really kind of the challenge with the Kane season. You lose Anderson and and Ronta and Kachetkov have been serviceable in in portions of the season, but they've had some difficulty. I mean. Every goalie on the Canes roster is currently sitting at below 900 save percentage. It's not where you want to be at all. Um, Freddie leading the pack at 894, Piotr at 881, and Antti at 854. Now we know that the Tampa Bay game, where his team absolutely hung him out to dry, isn't going to help that save percentage. But at the end of the day, those kind of games happen on occasion, and they shouldn't tank your saves, save percentage or goals against. I mean, we're we're sitting at almost three per, three goals a game for on Anderson and Kochetkov, and Ranta's almost at three and a half with that eight outlier against Tampa Bay. So the goaltending is certainly something that's been a bit of a concern. The reality is that the team in front of them hasn't looked the best consistently. They've had periods where they've looked like the team you expect them to be. Dominant, moving the puck, forechecking hard, pinching from the D, and really just creating offense and suffocating teams. I mean, we've we've seen it throughout the season in in bursts, but we haven't seen it consistently. And that's the scary part. And I think that's kind of the part that, that Rod kind of gets to we've seen multiple times this season where he's been extremely upset with the effort from the team on the ice and I don't think that's been a huge talking point that I can recall in previous seasons and that's where 
you start to start to question and we've seen a lot of questioning going on throughout the Canes world where people are wondering if there's a lack of buy-in where people are talking about Rod's system and is Rod the guy to lead and I'll be honest with you I I, I hear all that and I I can understand why you're thinking it but you got to take a step back and just realize where the organization is they're 12 and 8 they're second in the metropolitan they're six in the eastern conference and fans are upset just think about that when you get when you get mad when you get angry this team is not playing at their highest level there's no denying that and they're in the playoff picture there's another level for a lot of guys to get to. I think goaltending is something that when that turns around, I mean, you're talking about stacking wins just off that. And goaltending will turn around, whether it's the guys on the roster or if it's the Canes making a move down the road. You look at a new guy like Dmitry Orlov. Struggled a lot with D'Angelo. It takes a lot to prop up D'Angelo. We know that. It takes Jacob Slavin. Can't put D'Angelo at Jacob Slavin this year. Orlov is learning a new system. We've seen it with every new defenseman acquired. There is a period of time it takes for these guys to learn the system. I remember when we initially saw Brady Shea come in. It took him a while. Brady has now been an absolute solid defenseman for the Hurricanes. We're talking about a guy that does not play on the power play that has three goals and 11 assists, 14 points through 20 games. That Brady Shea, we were worried about him season one. There's no denying that. It took Burns time to get it figured out. And Burns is one of the hardest working, savviest veterans that you have. We've seen Orlov look solid when he's been paired with Chatfield. I would can I would I would expect twenty games from now, there's another level to Dmitry Orlov's game, a, a slight uptick, and twenty games from there, another one, leading right into the playoffs. Where hopefully at that point, you're seeing the best version of Dmitry Orlov. It might take until next season, but when you're paying a guy to be on your third pair to solidify what should be the best defense in the league, you can wait for him to figure it out. I'm not worried about it. People can talk about his usage. Should he be on the power play? I think right now they're doing the right thing. They're having him learn the system. Hopefully they've realized that the Chatfield-Orlov pair is the one they should see moving forward. Let those two build some chemistry leading into the postseason. And then I think Kane's nation will be extremely happy with the Orlov edition. I think he's starting to figure out how to play his exits. He's physical. And it, it, to me, on the eye test, it looks like he's learning the game every day. So can't really be upset there. Michael Bunting, it's a system that's hard to acclimate to. He's at 12 points through 19 games played. 
I'd like to see that number be a little bit higher because I think he's missed some chances that he would tell you that he wanted back. I think he's got a few of them, four or five points that he's missed. If you're telling me you're going to pay a guy less than $5 million to be at almost a point per game, if he makes those chances, he's almost a point per game. It's going to click for Bunting. He's going to score those goals, and he fits in the system. He, un- he, he, he works. He does all the right things. I think as he gets more chemistry with line mates, as he gets more comfortable, I think he'll be an asset to the team. So I'm not worried there either, to be quite honest with you. What we need to see, I think what's really important and has kind of been a, a staple throughout the years, the stall martin foss line, the guys dominate puck possession. They absolutely forecheck teams into the ice every single night, but they might have the worst. The, we'll call it puck luck. At a certain point, you can't call it luck anymore when it's consistently the same, but that's a, that's a line that you would expect to generate a little bit more offense than what we've seen to date. You've got Jordan Stahl with one goal, five assists for six points in 20 games. You got five assists for Martinook through 20 games, two goals, two assists for Faust, 20 games. You would like to see these guys flirting with the upper 30s points wise. They're not nearly on pace to get there. That will turn around at a certain point. They're going to get more bounces, they're going to get going. And that line is going to be really, that line really drives that secondary scoring. You've got your guys up the lineup that are going to do their thing. We're seeing a great season from Seth Jarvis. Eight goals, nine assists, 17 points through 20 games. A guy that's willing to do all the hard things every single night. Gets to the front of the net, works his butt off. He's got the skill. You know, he does well on the power play, and I only think he'll get better as he gets stronger and older and smarter. You've seen Ajo, five goals, 12 assists through 17 games, finding his game, getting comfortable. We're getting a nice bounce-back season from Teravainen. Ten goals, five assists, 15 points through 20 games. These are little things that you go, you you see them building, and you're like, look, we've got, Jarvis, Ajo, Terrifying, and Kokaniemi as your fourth highest point getter. Kokaniemi is at 7-7 seven, seven for 14 through 20 games, and I'd argue that his teammates have left four, five assists on the ice for him. He's had some amazing play creation where you know his teammates just haven't finished it off. He could very easily be seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points through 20 games. That's a great point production from Jesperi Kokaniemi. I know it's gotten a little cold in the last few games, but he is out there creating and playing a great two-way game. You know, probably expect a little bit more from Marty Natchez, sitting at six goals, eight assists, 14 points or 20 games. Seems like he's gripping the stick a little tight sometimes, trying to do too much, turning the puck over in the neutral zone, holding on to the puck too long. I think he's trying to find out really find himself in the system, to be honest. And if the Canes are a team that's looking to make a change, he's on the last year of his contract. Maybe he is somebody that could do better in another system. Maybe there's a better fit for the Hurricanes 
on the other side. I, I, I love Natchez as a player. I'd like to see him in a hurricane sweater his whole career. But at the end of the day, there might be more opportunity for him to go play in a different system that fits his skill set more that can bring you back a player that upgrades your roster. With that being said, there's not a lot this team really needs. You're getting that secondary scoring from a guy like Nason, right? Five goals, six assists, 11 points. Your defense is getting points. Andrei Svechnikov slowly finding that game. Scores the game winner against Columbus. One goal, eight assists, nine points for 12 games. He's having a tough go. The puck isn't finding the back of the net. And he's almost at a point per game so far this season. We all know Andre. We all know the work ethic. We all know the skill. That guy is going to get put it together. He's going to get his goals this season. And that's just going to make that offense for this team continue to rise. There's a lot of positives going on in this lineup. They need to find their game consistently and determine if this is the season that they want to go for it. If the Canes want to go for it this season, they've got the assets. They've got a, a roster full of NHL quality prospects. They've got a first round pick of their own and two second rounds, including Philadelphia's this season. They've got the assets to go acquire players. There's, there's no reason that they can't do it. It's funny because I saw, you know, with everything going on in Edmonton, Teams are talking, everybody's talking about, oh, well, let's go get Connor McDavid, go get Connor McDavid. The Canes aren't going to go get Connor McDavid. And I don't think anybody would want to know the price for Connor McDavid, anyways. But I'm not sure that that's, that's what you're going to, it's just not going to happen. I mean, the price to go get a Connor McDavid is Sebastian Ajo, Martin Natchez, Alexander Nikishin, a first round pick maybe more that might be your your price to go get him at a minimum and i'm not even sure that gets him we're talking aho natchez nikishan who is the canes best prospect coming up on a first round pick at a minimum to go get a guy like mr mcdavid out of edmonton it's just not happening if you want to go to edmonton and get a player I mean, number one, I think you're I don't think that's the guy you're looking at. If you're trying to go get a superstar, the Canes have always been in on superstars. In my book, you go get Leon Dreisidel. Twenty eight years old, two years left at eight point five million. You know, Dreisidel probably costs you something the along the lines of maybe a Natchez plus a Kochetkov, plus maybe, let's see, Nikishin. I mean, that might start the conversation. You might be able to start the conversation with Natchez, Kochetkov, Nikishin. You might have to throw a first-round pick there, but you're bringing on a guy that would change the look of this franchise. Now, it's not easy to go get a guy like that. Number one, no move clause. So he's got to want out and he's got to want Carolina. Number two, it's a big price to pay. 
There's no doubt about it. But if you're serious about competing in this next two-year window and you can get a absolute superstar at $8.5 million, and maybe that is what helps them retool. You know, you're giving Edmonton a young goalie who's got potential. You're giving them a already proven NHL winger that can play at the speed of a Connor McDavid. You're giving them a future top three, maybe top four. We'll call it top four just because we don't want to project too high. Nikishin is easily playing in the top four of an NHL franchise. Now, this, that's a trade that, you know, if we're really going to talk about a trade with Edmonton, that's one that if they're looking to move on from a player, I think you have a better chance of going and getting a Leon Dreisaitl than you do of going and getting a Connor McDavid. So I just wanted to say that. I saw some absolutely ridiculous takes about the Canes going to acquire a McDavid or something like that. You have to think that they're mostly clickbait and a waste of energy, but if you see those kind of takes, just make sure that you mute, unfollow, block, whatever it may be, any of those accounts because they're just burning through your brain cells. So ignore that. But big season. The Canes, we've talked about it. This should be a season where they're all in. They've they've built this roster up to this point. They've got a lot of expiring contracts. You've got Tavo. He's he's up, and I mean, that that payday is probably similar, if not a little bit higher than what he's getting paid now. Natchez, do a pay raise. Martinuk, curious to see what the organization does with him. Drury probably do a small pay raise. Jarvis do a big pay raise. Nason do a pay raise, absolutely. Brady Shea, definite pay raise. Brett Pesci, definite pay raise. Jalen Chatfield, definite pay raise. This team has got to figure out what they want to do. If they think they've got what it takes to do it this year, there's no better time to go for it. They've got what it takes to get some deals done. They're going to have roster space where they're going to have cap space as well. So why not? It's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot going in the right direction for the Hurricanes. Don't get too caught up in the 20-game sample size. Let's see what happens in the next 20. The Canes are in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving. I would expect them to be there at the end of the season. We will look to do more updates here in the future. Probably stay away from the micro updates. Probably try to look at a larger sample size just so we can really break down the trends that we're seeing and maybe what else is going on in the NHL. I think that it's been a tough start, which should only make you more excited because it's going to level out. And when it does, hopefully it's right at the time of playoffs. This team can go flying into playoffs confident, healthy, and ready to win a cup. Go Canes.